The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Uh, Richard. Darren. Great to have you back. So I've got something a little bit different here. I've got kind of more of like a prompt. It's kind of pulling from a few threads that I've seen in oh, yeah. conversations. But basically the starting point is, do we, do humanity need a new word for God to help people towards you know, great realization of the truth of the divine. And I thought I'd just premise it kind of with, you know, the straw man idea that I grew up with, because I think mm. this might be what, you know, where a lot of people get stuck with it, which is, you know, I never know what's coming. <laughs> I, I literally sit down here and people might be, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. So it speaks talking. to your, you know, your no, wide knowledge. I, I prefer it. And I think it's more real. So yeah, it's good. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's Carry fun. on, please. Yeah. So, you know, I, when, you know, the idea of God, put it that way, that was, you know, described or presented to me when I was young, seemed to me very unscientific, very antiquated, something that to me I just couldn't believe that anyone in the modern scientific world could accept as rational, you mm-hmm. know, as, and mm-hmm. for it to be used as sort of a, you know, people, people really reaching with it as a catch-all explanation and all this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and to, to, to even be pushing over the idea that we need some sort of external accountability because we're so evil and, you know, what's going to hold us in check, all these kind of ideas, I was like, what is all of this, you know? They all got associated with this word, God. Okay. And it was only later, you know, in discovering yoga and the yogis and, you know, the way that they described this sort of allness of creation and their own experience of oneness that I began to see that it was something different. Yeah. And for me, that was a life-changing, I'm not saying a life-changing realization to realize that God was not what I had been presented with when I was younger. Yeah. And I just wanted to explore that a little bit because I guess the question is, you know, coming back to it, what if we had a different word or talked about it in a different way? You know, what impact might that have on society and the discussion about spirituality and religion in general? Mm. Okay. Um, you know, we'll say, and I'm just bearing out what you've just said, a yeah. lot of people get put off God, yeah. get put off Jesus, yeah. get put off various religions by their upbringing. Mm. And so they, I mean, the, the, the concept we have in Jesus is not God and he's not even the one and only son of God. But he's a great intelligence, but the, the concept, the description that we're given of him isn't the real right. Jesus as right. he really was. It was extremely forceful, extremely brave, a brilliant mind who could deal with politics, actually. He had mm. to do that until he chose not to uh, live any longer. That was a choice he made, but yeah. he proved he could. If, so he's a very versatile mind, and people don't think of him in that way. And when it comes to God... Uh, again, they're limited by this kind of human person, I mean, who seems to lose temper, yeah. you know, and get sort of fed up. And yeah. hence, we've got the end days. Here's the, the only place, and we've talked about this before, you can get a real explanation of why we're going into the new age and why there's a sorting. And this is generally taught in many traditions why there's going to be you know, an end day, if you like. It won't yeah. be an end to evolution. People will continue elsewhere. But is the only place you find that answer is, is, is the Ethereist study that I know of. And it, so you're left with a sort of very humanized God who people are frightened of. Right. 
and who can get annoyed yeah. and just saying enough, you know, you, you're going to have pestilence and famine. Or a God, I mean, I'm told that the Archbishop of Canterbury, in fact, he has said this, our current Archbishop of Canterbury, who's our leading religious Christian figure in Britain, yeah. has basically says he gets annoyed with God. So you get also this sort of, per because he thinks God should be doing more for others and, I see. and has words with him. Well, is this sort of demeaning totally. sort of human being who's flawed. Mm. Um, absolutely absurd. Um, and there are various words, aren't there? There's Brahma, there's Jehovah, yeah. there's Yahweh. The best word that I know of is a holy mantra, mm. which is uh, where it's a vibration and a sound for I depicting see. God. Mm. Um, the word doesn't really matter. It's a, it's a comprehension of what it is and exactly. a realisation yes. of what yes. it, not he, not she, but it yes. really yeah. is. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good distinction, isn't it? Because it's just, it's just that this word that we have here has become burdened with all these ideas, all these man-made concepts, many mm. of these flawed ideas. And it, as you say, it's kind of put people off. But it, as in my own experience, if we were really talking about what it really is, mm. then I think it would be a very different conversation with people. It would, and yeah. people can realise, people can know God. Yes. And this is the big thing, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And as far as I'm concerned, my favourite book title always used to be How to Know God. Mm. It's a book by Christopher Isherwood, and I think with a yogi, and it's based on the aphorisms of Patanjali. But this, it's actually a liberating thought. Patanjali says... You, know, don't, you can know God. Mm. You can see God. You don't have to have faith alone. You don't have to have belief alone. And you know it because I am God. And when you know that, then you know that all life is God because I am all life. And so it's a real thing. You know, um, Dr. King attributed the motivating force of advanced intelligences to be a love of God through realization. Mm, a beautiful phrase. And this is what he said kept them, as he put it, on the straight and narrow. Mm. A love of God through realization, not just a love of God through faith. Right. They knew these advanced right. intelligences, they're actually from other worlds, but they were working in a very sacrificial manner for others. But what kept them going was this love of God because they knew, absolutely knew, what God is. And the interplanetary intelligences know that God exists throughout the universe. They know the galaxy. They travel the galaxy. And they know that that is a living form as well. And they know it's all living. It's, it, it goes beyond the old yogis, actually, who would say, you know, there's... That, that all life is consciousness. And, but they, they know more. They know about the intelligences yeah. that exist throughout the universe. Yeah. And that's a very, very different thing. And you know, the, the highest concept of God, actually, up to now anyway, was the sun. Mm. And it's a logical one. It's a creative force without which we wouldn't be existing at totally. all. Yeah. We wouldn't even have bodies. We wouldn't have life. So it's a very logical thing to worship the sun. Much greater thing to do than to worship any particular master, no matter how great that master is, and mm. they should be revered, the great masters. The sun, even much greater. So quite natural for 
uh, Brahma, for God to be perceived as being the sun. It's stated actually in here, in the nine freedoms, mm. uh, that this, this is uh, the, 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 what God really was to the ancient scribes, I think is the phrase. I have to check the exact mm. text there. Mm. But um, now we can go even beyond that, yeah. even beyond the sun, to even higher intelligences. Once you realize, start to realize what God really is and what it's sacrificing, you develop a great love for it. Mm. Now, once you realize that the galaxy, and we're going into some vast concepts here, but this is, well, this is real, this is God, yeah. is, doesn't even have to manifest, but is manifesting so that we can gain experience and sacrificing, feeling pain, so that we can gain experience. What can you do other than love it? Mm. And, and owe it everything, actually. Yeah. And so you develop this real love for God. And, and, and as I said right at the beginning, of course, you realize it through the I am presence within us all. Uh, I, um, I think that's a beautiful way to go deeper into like what God mm. really is and what we can begin to realize for ourselves because it can often get stuck in a sort of debate, can't it? Like, oh, yeah. no, God's this, God's that. You know, yeah. talking about it as almost an intellectual concept that has been just invented by us, but it's not. It was something that's <laughs> not just always been there. It was there even before anything was there. And I, I, um, I find a lot of, uh, as you say, liberation, I think is the word you used before, that mm. we can all know God. And that, you know, the example you gave of them, um, you know, is the love of God through realization that motivated them because... It, I, it just seems like if we did begin to have more of this realization, the way that we think, the way that we act would, be, would completely change on earth. It, you know, we wouldn't be relying on just a moral code, which is good, of course, that we have one, mm. but it'd be more this inner light shining through everything that mm. we thought and did because we have this, not just a greater concept of God, but a greater realization of it for ourselves. Mm. And so it's no longer about this word that's, you know, been disformed or disfigured even by you know false teachings and things it's more about this inner realization of it mm. and and ourselves as that and um you know what could the what what world could we be living in if that was more more the case yeah and you you get the imponderables with the mm. with the most people's description of god and you know and the big imponderable is this almighty force uh, why you know can do whatever it needs to do why on earth isn't it helping people more? Yeah. And you get the Archbishop of Canterbury saying that. Why is it allowing people to be born into these terrible, abusive situations, yeah. and et cetera, and et cetera, and poverty, and little babies who are apparently completely innocent, and so on, why are they being allowed to suffer, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And those are imponderables. That, and it's not good enough. Sorry, it won't do just to say, well, God moves in mysterious ways. Mm. That's not a good... It, do, it does, mm. but that's not enough. You've got to be able to answer that. It's only when you start to begin to appreciate the value of experience. Um, you can't judge. I can't judge why it is some people have horrendous experiences, but at some level, this is part of the fabric of evolution it's in terms of the eons of time and existence right. a jot in the ocean it's just yeah. uh, but that doesn't diminish it in any way at all but god is above and beyond all this i must say when when you get into a state and i i only claim to have dipped my toe in the ocean of samadhi i don't claim i'm not an adder i'm mm. not a master i you know I, i'm not an enlightened person 
I've had an enlightened state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people don't know what an enlightened state is and some of the nonsense that's out there that's yeah. called enlightenment, totally. which yeah. isn't anywhere near. It's, it might be a great peaceful thing. Yeah. It might be a coping mechanism, yeah. but it's not enlightenment. But you start to do what actually I suddenly realized that the words that Dr. King used to describe the difference between meditation and what he called contemplation uh, is that you start to know the why in in an almost abstract sense. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. And because in that state you're not really, you're not thinking, you're knowing, you do know at that point um, why it is that a hedgehog has to exist in the way it is. Why it is even that a, what we would think of as a bad person is going through a cycle of behaving badly, in inverted commas, mm. um, it doesn't justify it, but you can see it's, it is necessary until they learn. You can see that in an abstract way that you can't really describe. But suddenly you realise the wonder of God and of karma, which is, is God... Through, it's, it's God's law, mm. uh, working itself out in myriad ways and all through the grace of God manifesting in its various forms, including as galaxies. Yeah. Um, you know, people look up at the sky and they say, oh, there's, there's... Well, they don't look up, but they detect in the sky a bunch of planets, a bunch of suns, and say, oh, let's call that a galaxy because they're all together. Mm. We don't know how they're holding together. We'll have to invent a word. Oh, I know, dark matter, because we can't understand. They shouldn't be holding together, Mm. but they are. They're holding together because God is holding them together Mm. through the magnetic body of the galaxy, which it is. Mm. That's a simple explanation, and it's something that you can start to realise. Yeah, and I think... um and just going back to one of, your, one of your earlier points as well, you know, I think it's very it's a very common sort of atheist argument to say to sort of blame God and ask why yeah. does God allow a lot of these things to happen yeah. without realizing the, these more profound nuances of reality and, mm. and the way that uh, and, and the nature of evolution um, yeah. and why we're here, as you say, going into the more abstract why of creation in the first place. Yeah. And you know, when I I think I, I feel that, and this is you know something for, for everybody who's on the path. I think it takes, as we've seen in Nine Freedoms, a degree of bravery to begin to even look and question your mind, what is God and, and what does that mean that I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, as you start to you know, take steps on the spiritual path. And I think it's a very cowardly thing even to, to be atheistic and to not really explore what God is, because it's very easy to argue about it in an intellectual way and to argue about it with people who don't know God. Mm. But it'd be a very different thing to stand in front of a realized yogi and try to claim that God is non-existent. And, uh, you I'm know. sure it's happened. But, um, <laughs> they could try. They don't it, know. Yeah. That, then that's where they go wrong, I think. Yeah. People say, no, God doesn't exist. They don't know. Mm. It doesn't seem to them. It doesn't seem that the God they've heard of, yes, which has been of. wrongly described yes, to them, yes. uh, could exist. It's, yes. in, and you can see why, actually. Yeah. You can see why. Yeah. I can actually relate to that. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me either. And it's one of the reasons I, I turned towards Eastern religion yeah. for the answers. And then you come across the great yogis and they say, look, you don't have to take this on trust or on faith. You can find out. And the beautiful thing is you can find out through service, mm. through service. That's the great, that really does work. And it's a really great path because one thing service does 
is to transmute the basic obstacles to enlightenment. Okay. If you go down yes. a lot of paths, and if, for example, the Zen path or what I know yeah. of it and some of the others, you'll find quite elaborate, almost convoluted uh, attempts to keep you in that enlightened state all the time. Mm. If your focus on, is on service, that actually isn't your priority a lot of the time, being in an enlightened state. I see. Yeah, your yeah, priority yeah. becomes helping others. That's what God does. Exactly. God doesn't stay in its unmanifested state. Exactly. It manifests as a galaxy to enable life to evolve. Mm. So, so that's the pattern. That's the God pattern. So in, in, through service, though, although your motive is to help others and it won't work if it isn't, you will be burning up mm. those obstacles, what they would have called samskaras. And it seems very strange to me that some of the old yogis who knew about samskaras nevertheless devised elaborate ways of trying to deal with them, uh, go beyond them, transmigrate away from them, and didn't see that the way to really transmute them is through service. Yeah, I think, you know, as you're talking there, I'm just you know, having so many thoughts and just realizing it's like, it's not even that we're emulating God on, on a micro level, it's that we are becoming more of an expression of, of what God is mm. um, in, you know, in the fact that we are serving others. And it's, it's sort of like, um, um, in, you know, we, 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 we express uh, that godliness more in our everyday life and we begin to not just say, oh, there's a pattern there and we are trying to be like the pattern. It's like we are surrendering ourselves to be an expression of that mm. um, in everything that we do. And, you know, just to bring it back to your other point, it's, you know, for me, it's, um, it's not just about the fact that we're, uh, how do I put it? Um, the alternative to someone trying to explain what God is and getting it wrong is not giving another explanation. It's offering people the truth that they can realize God for themselves. Mm -hmm. and I think that's the most inspiring part of it because it's not just trying to offer people another dogma, which is part of the problem with all of this. It's offering people the, libera the liberation of self-realization yeah. and the understanding of what God are is for themselves. Absolutely, we are or should all and we will all at some point be striving for self-realization. Mm. But one of the great things that you find in the nine freedoms is that what you do after you've had that realization. Yes, go And if this, you go, go this, by yeah. the greatest intelligences in this solar system, the mm. highest of the nine freedoms, solar existence, they will enter galactic consciousness for the equivalent of hundreds of thousands of years, of our mm. years. Mm. But with a view, they come out able to pr practice something useful to the universe, okay. a particular type of magic or yeah. whatever it might be. They don't go and they come out of it. They don't stay in it. Well, the big fault, if you're looking at some of the old, particularly Eastern paths, which I love, mm. a lot of them don't tell you what you do afterwards. You know, I had an experience, and I only call it, call it dipping my toe. Yeah. But I, th I, I was actually wondering afterwards. Now, now, what's what's it? You know, what <laughs> yeah, what will okay. it be like now? You know, okay, will yeah. I still have desires? Will I still yeah. have? You know, yes <laughs> okay. is the answer. Yeah. It hasn't all gone. The samskaras haven't all gone. Mm. Uh, yes, you've got it. You you know something you didn't know before, mm. but you're still working your way through it. At least I am. You know, and I, I, haven't, I haven't reached the zenith, far from it. 
I want to repeat, I'm no adept, I'm no master. Yeah. But, you know, yes, it's still there. But you don't come out of it for your own sake. You come out of it to serve. This is the total missing link in a lot of Eastern teaching. Yeah. And strangely enough, I think it put a great weight on their shoulders. Mm. Oh, dear, I've, I've, I'm an enlightened person now. I've got to, oh, I've got to control this. I've got to stop that. I've got to deal with the, this thought. I've got to rise above that. They're full on, full on, full on, trying to permanently maintain this state of enlightenment instead of saying, no, I'm out of that now. Yeah. I, you know, I've got the fruits of it. I'm not going to lose that. But now I'm serving. I was very lucky because I knew Dr. King very well. I was around him a lot. I spoke to him every day yeah. for 20 years. And, I, and he, was a, he was a true adept, a true master. And, and he absolutely had samadhi right down, could enter it in, in minutes. Um, you know, he was the true adept, yogi adept. But he, watching him, he wasn't walking around claiming to be in permanent samadhi. If he had, he wouldn't have needed to discuss things with people like me, make decisions with people like me and discuss various options and so on. At times, yes, he would enter it and then he would know. I see. And he would know what was what. And, uh, mm. But you're not in that state all the time because mm. you're serving. And as I say, I think it takes a weight off your shoulders mm. because of, and, and, the, and the weight is taken off by selflessness, mm. by the motive of selflessness. You're not yeah. doing it to take a weight off your shoulders. You're doing it, so now I'm serving. You know, as, as, as he said brilliantly, Dr. King, about a line by the master Jesus, never again will I turn from my inner vision of you, which is in one of our prayers called the New Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Mm. If you actually lived that, you, you wouldn't be able to move, says Dr. King. This is the exactitude of, of Dr. Yeah, King. As yeah, a, yeah. You know, two different masters, Master Jesus, Dr. King, both giving different takes on the same thing. Yeah. So therefore, you, you aren't in that state, as he would say, literally, of your inner vision of God. But, of course, you're manifesting that very inner vision by coming away from it and serving. Yes, yeah. I think there's this, this amazing journey, isn't there? We're talking about there's these kind of Western ideas and then, you know, there's these Eastern ideas that totally open it all up and help people to realize that God is something you can experience for yourself. But now we have something even greater in these cosmic truths, mm. which is giving us an understanding of service as the path to enlightenment and also um, the whole reason that, that we're here in the first place. And the pattern of God yeah. is to take all life back to itself. Mm. That's the plan. That's the purpose. That's the meaning of life. And what is the point in taking yourself to enlightenment, which a lot of them still strive to do, thinking once I get there, I'm out of it. Mm. I'm gone. They don't really think what will happen to these other people here. Mm. There are those who do and know they'll be able to do more for these other people here. But mm. there are those who are just seeking that release for themselves into God consciousness and they don't have a plan after that they don't think a plan needs to even exist after that mm. there'll be a lesson for them if they ever get there actually nowadays I think it would be very hard to get there True. with that attitude because they're missing the big point of service mm. but when you come down when a God chooses chooses to manifest itself not because it needs to we need the experience we have it doesn't need experience. It's beyond experience. 
It chooses to manifest, say, as a galaxy, but in doing so, it feels pain. Mm. It, it, it breathes, it meditates, it thinks. It's come out of that state into a lower state, and it has to. And there is the pattern. There is the pattern. Yes, strive for God consciousness. Yes, strive for samadhi. And then come out of it and know that you're out of it. You've got wisdom you never had before. Mm. You've got a deeper realization of God and a deeper love for God because of that realization than you had before. You're more motivated than you were before. And suddenly you might come across something and suddenly know what it means. Mm. Something that you've known for 50 years and now you suddenly know what it yeah, means. Totally. That, all those things. But you are not walking around in an enlightened state all the time because that's the essence of service. And you wouldn't be much use if you did. You, you know, you, 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 if you're working, oh, I see some of these wonderful, you know, people do in, 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 in intensive care and helping people in crises and so on. Yeah. It doesn't really matter if your vibrations, I'm not saying they are, but we're a little bit on the low side or you're swearing or you're bad-tempered or you're, you're pulling people out of the rubble. I don't <laughs> think the person in the rubble minds too much whether you're swearing or not, they just want to get out of the rubble. You haven't got time to be thinking, hang on, what about my consciousness? Yeah. Can you just wait there for a moment in that just rubble? Because I've got to get myself right first. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I think that's a fantastic message to leave us with. Uh, that at the end of the day, it's, um, it's service that we really that's need to God. think about. That's yes. God. That is God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Richard. Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, thethetherius.org. Rich and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.